0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second edition of K-Axis Wrestling Network. Okay, today we will be discussing the Monday Night Raw from April the 9th, 2018. Okay, so let's get right into that. Alright, so we had the opening where Stephanie McMahon came out to the ring and, you know, she did her little, you know, gift of gab thing, you know, running her mouth for a while. You know what I'm saying? And then, pretty much uh, shortly after she made her way to the ring, she received the You Tapped Out chant, which uh, originated from um, the time, it was in Survivor Series 2003, when Chris Benoit tapped out Brock Lesnar. That's a moment that a lot of people have forgotten about and uh, either don't know about or forgotten about, pretty much. And uh, with that being said, you know, it just kind of reminded me of that moment. I mean, yeah, I, I said the forbidden Chris Benoit, but so what? You know, because I can't I can't just pretend like the man never existed because of, you know, whatever happened. But, let's move along. Alright, so, Ronda Rousey once got a piece of Stephanie, and she dominated her. So, um, that was to be expected, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't really expect Stephanie to dominate someone of Ronda Rousey's caliber unless she pulls, like, a sneak attack or something of that nature. But, um, anyway, uh, you have Alexa and was it Nia Jax, and Alexa, and um, let me see, Mickey James appeared, then we had the debut of Ember Moon, and a lot of people saw that as like a huge debut, it was a great thing. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's earned her stripes of course in like NXT and stuff like that, but at the same time, um, I don't know, I didn't see it as that big of a debut, honestly because um, I think, like, a bigger debut for the main roster would have been, like, Drew Galloway, a.k.a. Drew McIntyre. Um, he would have been a big debut. Um, who else would have been a big debut? I think they could have made a big debut out of um, Eric Young. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But at the same time, um, who else did we have? Um, yeah, all right. Then it then, then moved on to a tag team match. Yeah, it was, um, it was Nia Jax and Ember Moon versus Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Okay, and then we had Gallows and Anderson versus Dash and Dawson. All right, and, you know, this match has happened so many times, you know what I'm saying? And I got to say, man, it's been boring every single time. Like, I even saw it live, and it was just super boring. Like, it was just, you know, put the crowd to sleep boring. In fact, I think that match might have taken place on the two... Episodes of Raw that I actually attended last year, and it was just a sleeper. You know, it was it was awful. It was awful. You know what I'm saying? And it was you know, and I, I just didn't have any desire to see that to sit through that again. You know, I mean, what what, what, can, what can you expect? You have two of the most boring tag teams, you know, in WWE, you know, in the ring for X amount of time. You know what I'm saying? You're consuming people's time. You know. Um, you know, and and I'm not just entirely knocking these guys, you know what I'm saying, because, I don't know, Dash and Dawson, I mean, right off the top, I will admit, I am not a huge fan of them, you know, and a lot of other people don't seem to be either, because they don't really draw a huge crowd pop, but at the same time, you have, um, you know, Anderson and Gallows and honestly I liked Gallows the best when he was Festus believe it or not the corn-fed colossus as Jim Ross used to call him you know because I thought it was cool every time the bell rang he would just turn into Superman and just like demolish his opponent and then like once he got his three count and uh you know the bell rang he just went back to being just uh just out of it you know what I'm saying but then you have Carl Anderson now He does have moments where he shows that he can actually be a decent wrestler. He does. I cannot deny that. So anybody that's saying I'm a hater, that's not true at all. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not hating the guy. I'm just saying that he does have moments of where he looks good in the ring, you know? And I just wish he would show that all the time. You know, that's all I'm saying. You know, but um, let me see who else. uh, What else was I going to say? Yeah, as a team, um, Gallows and Anderson, like, they have a really nice finisher. You know, the Magic Killer, that's a hell of a finisher. That's a good finisher. Like, that is legit. You know, it really looks like it puts you out. You know, so, I. you know, I'm not knocking these guys entirely. I'm just saying they're boring with the way that they're being booked and everything. But moving along, we had Rollins and Balor and then a Miz uh, talk segment. And then we had the return of Jeff Hardy, which was pretty cool. You know, I mean, despite the fact that he had gotten into this whole... You know, DUI thing, you know, that's controversial, and a lot of people thought that, uh, you know, WWE, Vince McMahon, they were going to see that as, you know, strike three for Jeff Hardy because of his past wellness policy violations, but apparently that did not play a role because I believe, like, the charges were dropped from what I heard, you know, so, um That's good for Jeff, you know, he's hanging in there, but I just hope that he he can stay clean through this stint of, you know, of his WWE contract, because if he screws up one more time, I'm pretty sure they're going to be, you know, they're going to be like, we're done with this guy, you know, we got to let him go, you know, but um, anyway, you know, moving along, we had uh, Sasha Banks versus Amanda from Tough Enough, because that's what I call her, I don't call her Mandy Rose, because I simply don't like that name, honestly, so I call her Amanda, but um, anyway, so Amanda won that match after Bailey accidentally hit Sasha, <laughs> and that somehow led to a one on one between Bailey and Sasha that's scheduled for next week. so with that being said um i don't know this match has happened many times. that was one of the matches that I saw last year on Raw, you know when I went live, you know because i went to um I went to um uh, three different wrestling events in 2017 and then I went then I've been to one this year you know because um you know I just felt it was time to go to another live event you know I haven't been to um before last year I haven't been to a live wrestling event since like 2006 at No Way Out and it was at the um at the time I believe it was the Baltimore Center or it was the first Mariner Center or it was when the Baltimore Center had just um converted over to the uh, First Mariner Center, which is now the uh, Royal Farms Arena, which I attended um, last year in October um, for Monday Night Raw, and it was, in fact, it was the day before Halloween. In fact, you'll, you'll see that on my Instagram, you know, all the photos from that event, you know, if you follow my Instagram. But anyway, you know, at K-Axis Wrestling Network. Uh, but anyway, let's move along here, because I just got off, I'm, I'm getting off into other stuff here. But anyway, so. Then we had uh, Paige come out, you know, um, because she was out there with her crew, Absolution, you know, with, um, was it Sonia Deville and Amanda, and then Paige just comes out makes her little speech, makes her official retirement speech, which I feel like is long overdue, like she should have done it a while ago, because, you know, it's been abundantly clear that she's never going to be able to wrestle again, or, or at least not under the WWE banner, you know, and that's unfortunate for somebody that young, you know, but Hey, you know, life happens, things happen, you know. Um, All right. so then we move along to the Elias segment, you know, which is, you know, usually pretty entertaining because, you know, Elias, the way I see him, the way I evaluate his character, I feel like he's come a long way since he's been on NXT, you know, because, like, when he was on NXT, he did not have all this appeal, you know, with the crowd and this ability to just you know, be an interesting character, you know what I'm saying? But now he has that, and I think that's cool. I like to see wrestlers step up. I like to see wrestlers develop. So he's one of the ones that grew on me, you know, so I can truly say that. And during uh, the Elias segment, that is when Bobby Lashley returned to WWE. And that is a huge, huge thing, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people wanted to see that once they found out he was done with TNA, a.k.a. Impact Wrestling you know, and he finally made his way back, and it was, you know, just great to see him again, because there's a lot of matches that he can have there now, you know, that wasn't, you know, previously possible, but now it is possible, and there is a lot of potential there, you know, so I hope, hopefully that works out well, you know, but now, let me see, next we had, you know, Owens and Zane. they came out, they made a little plea with Kurt Angle, you know, because they wanted a job on the Raw brand, yada, 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 like, what, what is the point, you know, when we have the shakeup thing going, like, they couldn't they have saved that? Because, you know, when this shake-up happens next week, you know, anybody could end up on any show. So, you know, with that being said, like, what is the point of, you know, making this plea? Like, cause, cause, well, then again, there's no guarantee that they're going to end up on Raw either. But at the same time, you know, it just, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> moving along here. Um, oh, 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 before we move along. Before we move along, here's another thing I have to um, I have to mention about that segment when Kurt Angle mentioned that TNA is hiring. Like that is the pretty much the first time TNA has been mentioned on a WWE program since the Sting uh, Network documentary. And then I think before that, um, it was mentioned by Low Key when he came over to WWE. He had made like a um, he took a shot at TNA once he had gotten over there to WWE. But um, that's like the last time I remember it being mentioned. But if I'm wrong, correct me, but, you know, just be respectful about it. Don't come at me, call me names and all this other garbage because, you know, there's so many things that happen in the wrestling business that you can't possibly remember at all, you know. And I just hope that most people would, you know, at least try to understand that. Anyway, moving along here. All right, so then we had the Roman Reigns promo. And then we saw the return of Samoa Joe, which is another good thing because that's going to shake up the whole landscape, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have Samoa Joe who's back, you know, he's going to he's gonna be there to handle business, you know what I'm saying? He's like a no-nonsense kind of wrestler, and that's one of the main reasons why I like him, and I liked him, you know, ever since the early TNA days, you know, when he was much younger, you know, because he had a lot of great matches over there in TNA as well, you know, just so many that I just can't name them all. Like, all the ones that he had, like, with Chris Daniels and AJ Styles and, you know, the ones he had with Kurt Angle over there, the ones he had with, you know, so many other, you know, legends and big names, it's just, it's, it's really a lot, he's, he's accomplished a lot in his career, you know, and he's a well-established wrestler, you know, regardless of what people say about his weight and everything, and here's another issue, a lot of people make a big deal about Samoa Joe's weight and everything, and it's like, for what, you know what I'm saying, like, why are you doing this, you just, you're doing this just to be doing it, because, like, honestly, let's think back, like, compare, let's compare Samoa Joe to some of the heavy set wrestlers of the past, you know like Vader you know Vader was very heavy set you know uh Yokozuna very heavy set, viscera very heavy set bastian booger very heavy set uh bam Bam Bigelow very heavy set um who else I mean the list goes on and on like i I could go on for days with this, you know, but I don't have the time for that, so just saying. Samoa Joe is not the biggest wrestler out there. And they also do the same thing to Kevin Owens and Nia Jax, you know, especially the IWC. They always like to talk about, oh, they're fat, they're fat, you know what I'm saying? But who cares, you know what I'm saying? As long as they deliver on the microphone and in the ring, and as long as they're doing their job, what does it matter? What does their weight matter? Who cares about their weight? They're not there to, you know what I'm saying, get on a scale in front of the world. They're there to perform in front of a crowd and excel at what they do. And they do it pretty damn well, if you ask me. But anyway... Let's move along here. We are we are on. Let me see. We had Matt Hardy, the Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt versus Apollo and Titus or the Titus Worldwide. Um, of course, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt won that because you know Titus and Apollo are complete jobbers at this point. So you can't really expect them to win too many more matches, you know. But Apollo Cruz, he has the gift in the ring. But you, you know where I'm going with this. He has the gift in the ring. But he does not have that mic skill. He does not have that charisma. He doesn't have the character. And, you know, it's a shame because, I don't know, maybe they just moved him up too fast from NXT. Maybe, he, I don't think he was ready for the main roster yet. Like, you know, because he have not even developed a character back in NXT. So why, why are they even going to bring him to the main roster when he's not prepared for it? You know, like, I believe that's a big mistake on WWE's part, you know, because, you know, even though, you know, it was that one, uh, what was that one network show, um, was it called Breaking Ground or something like that? And Apollo Crews was on there, and um, he was backstage, I believe, with Scott Hall. And Scott Hall was coaching him on the mic skills thing, you know, like improving his mic game, and um, and he didn't, I don't know, it seemed like he was listening, it seemed like he was taking it in, but apparently I guess that talk, that lecture didn't do much for him because, you know, he never really developed, you know, and that's unfortunate because he's really damn good in the ring. He's very good in the ring, you know. But um, anyway, let me see what we have here. Um, then we had, what was it, Owens versus Zayn for a spot on the Raw roster, which was a complete disaster. But, I mean, the match itself was good, but, you know, how many times are we expected to sit through an Owens versus Zane match? Like, they've done this match at least ten other times in the past. Maybe I'm wrong on the number, but, hey, that's that's a ballpark figure it has got to be somewhat close because they've had so many matches, you know, that I've actually lost count, you know. And um, let me see, the winner of that, well, there was no winner of that match because it was a double countout. So once again, you know, their whole situation is up in the air. All right, so then we had Miz and Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, the Miztourage, versus Jeff Hardy, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor. Alright, so, in this match we had Seth Rollins pin the Miz via curb stomp, and I still call it the curb stomp, I'm not calling it the stomp, as they do, you know, just like they call, um, you know, Balor and, uh, Anderson and Gallows the club, it's like, no, I'm not doing that, because it just sounds lame, the club, come on, think about that, that sounds like that old device that people used to do to keep car thieves, you know what I'm saying, from stealing the car, but anyway, a little thing you locked onto the steering column. Anyway, um all right, so what we what do we have after that? We had Bo Dallas and Kurt Axel uh Curtis Axel take the uh oh they took a lot of finishes from Balor and Rollins and Hardy. And, you know, as to be expected because they're the two jobbers of the Miztorage. So um then we had the closing segment, um, where they talked about you know, the commentary team was talking about the shake-up thing happening, so that's going to be the big hype for next week's Raw, which I hope is worth it, you know, but, um, yeah, and then, all right, and then it are just, you know, that's, that's how the show ended, you know, and I'm not going to end my show based on for that, but what I am going to do, is I'm going to talk about a couple additional things that's just been on my, you know I'm saying, on my chest for a while here, and this is things that I see that, um, you know, um, let me see. We, well, hold up. Before we get to that. All right. Let's get to Strowman and his little partner, Nicholas. Um, they, relinquished, they relinquished the uh, tag team titles, um, which I thought was a really silly idea. It was one of the more silly things that happened on WrestleMania, you know, because, like, why not give some, Samo- um, I'm calling him Samoa Joe, why not give Strowman, you know, a legitimate wrestler as a tag team partner instead of some kid, you know? Like, I feel like that was kind of a slap in the face to all the people that were waiting, you know, to see who his mystery partner was going to be. I guess that was just Vince's way of trolling the crowd because he loves doing that. You know, he loves just, you know, rubbing it in the fans' face. Ha ha, I got you, you know. But anyway, moving along. All right, and this is the thing I wanted to, uh, wanted, you know, this is the situation that I wanted to address. You know, um thing is, um these online wrestling fans, you know. They crapped all over Wrestlemania. You know, they swore it was like a horrible show, it was terrible, this and that. Alright, here's one thing. If it was so horrible, why did you even bother watching it? You know what I'm saying? If it, if it was that bad, if it was that terrible, why did you bother watching it? You know what I'm saying? And I'll tell you why. I'll answer that question for them. This is why, this is why they believe Wrestlemania was awful. This is why they didn't like it. It's because Nakamura, Oscar, Balor and Rusev didn't win the matches they were in. That is the very reason why. Because I guaranteed, if it was the other way around, if those four had won the matches they were in, they'd be saying it was the greatest WrestleMania of all time and nothing's ever going to top it. You know, that's exactly what they would have said, you know, had it been that way, and thankfully it wasn't because, you know, I would have been highly disappointed if all four of them had won their matches because, come on now, let's not be ridiculous. Anyway. That's about all I had to say here. Um, I'm going to end this show for now. Um, I'll be back at it for the SmackDown edition. So I'll see you then. Have a good one. Keep in touch. Comment, rate, subscribe. Want to get my donate button, donate to the show so I can, you know, make improvements on it and whatnot. All right. I will see you in the SmackDown edition. Signing off. I'm your host, K-Axis. You guys have a good one.